honor you. We thank you. Lord, we just ask you to please uh, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And, and please just help us. Help us to keep our hearts upon you today. Help us to even, though we're not around each other, help us to kind of feel connected. And Lord, we love you. We praise you. Please bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I do want to thank you for joining us again today. This is uh, new to many of us. And I, I do want to say hi to, I, I see a lot of people on the, uh, the Facebook stream. Uh, Brittany Harmer, Harry Harmer, hey Har Harry. I see Heather Dowling. I see Rebecca Moore. Great to see you, Rebecca. Jay Rizza. Uh, Turner Soche. Good to see you, Turner. Sherry Harmer. I see uh, Betsy Dumas. Hi, Betsy. How are you? Uh, Jeannie Tatro, Joanne Bishop. Joanne mentioned something about uh, be appreciate, being appreciative of the, uh, the, the hymn that we sang, uh, the old rugged cross. I like it. Bob Dale, uh, Heather King. Hi, Heather. And I don't know, there's probably others out there. Uh, Marcy. Hi, Marcy Stevens. And... Uh, there's probably others out there. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us today. And so we are going to do, uh, we're going to be the church and we're going to try to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his word. Before I get into the thing that was on my heart to share as far as a sermon, by the way, let us, let me know if you can hear. Um, I, I know earlier you couldn't hear me, so make sure that people out there can hear me right now. And so, yeah, bottom line is, you know, the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. We're doing all that we can to, to keep our eyes on the Lord and just uh, keep our hearts engaged with Him and not, not freak out about all the, uh, the possible things in the future that could go wrong. We're trying to just completely uh, rest in Him. And uh, so I've called several... Uh, a lot of people in the church, and uh, most everyone I've talked to seems to be doing well, and um, the Tomfords are doing well. My wife was sick. It wasn't with the, uh, the virus. She had a, a sinus infection. She's on antibiotic now. She's doing better, and uh, from what I understand, the uh, COVID-19 virus has finally made its way north, and it is in St. Lawrence County. As of this morning, I saw there were 11 cases in St. Lawrence County. And uh, so I think we do need to keep doing all that we can regarding the social distancing and that type of stuff. So uh, a couple things about staying connected in this bizarre and unusual season. So we are going to do uh, all that we can to live stream our services. I know this morning we had a problem with the YouTube. We'll try to fix that for next week. We're on Facebook Live. Uh, please be patient with us, but we're going to do the best we can to try to keep um, keep that happening. Wednesday night, this past Wednesday, we had a Zoom prayer meeting. We will do it again this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You should be able to get a link to that. Uh, if hopefully you're on our, e uh, get our e-bulletin, or maybe you can get that at our website, and uh, you can join us for the prayer meeting via Zoom conference call. Uh, also, all the churches, all the CFC churches, we've been doing this daily devotion called Streams in the Desert. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, so every day there's like a five, six minute video. Um, so if you're not on that, get connected to that. 
Uh, also, telephone. And I want to encourage you to use the telephone. The telephone is a great tool when we can interact personally. Like I said, I've called a lot of people. Um, and please reach out with the telephone too. Not only reach out to other people, but if you're struggling or if you know somebody who's struggling and has a need, maybe we can help meet that need. Please let us know. Please call me, call April Soche, call Rusty Dowling, call one of the elders. Call. Don't suffer alone. Reach out to others. Uh, again, if you're personally struggling or you know someone else that is, and maybe we could help them in some way. I know one way that we can help local food pantry in Governor is currently closed because of the COVID-19 virus. But they told me, Mike, if you know people that need food and you can deliver the food to them, I will gladly open the doors. We'll, you know, fill up a box or two of some food. And if you can deliver it to them, we will do that. So I'm just letting you know that. So if you personally have needs or you know of someone else that has a need for food items, let me know and we can probably get food to that person. So uh, regarding the future, so I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen regarding Easter. Uh, I think it was Jeannie Tetro said, you know, whether COVID-19 is here or not and we're still social distancing or not, Easter will be celebrated all around the world. Jesus <laughs> rose from the grave and we're going to celebrate one way or another. Uh, we will try to do something as a local church, uh, both for Good Friday and for Easter. We'll be letting you know about that. Uh, prophetic Presbytery meetings later in April. Haven't officially canceled them. We'll probably make those kind of decisions in early April. Uh, all other in-home meetings right now are on hold. So nobody in our local church is meeting in any of those small group meetings. So one other thing I did want to mention was the whole giving. Uh, a couple people asked, Mike, how are, how are things going with the church and uh, regarding offerings and the finances and stuff? So this past week, we counted the offerings that came in, and it was about 25% of a typical Sunday morning. So I just wanted to let you know that. I'm thinking much of that is people don't know exactly how to give and how to... Um, you know, give their tithe and their offering. And so you can send a check to the church, the, the Richville Post Office, P.O. Box 126, Richville, New York. That's our postage, uh, postage box here. Uh, you can send a check directly to Madrid, or you can go online in our e-bulletin or the Christian Fellowship Center web uh, site and you can do giving online. So those are ways you can give. If those none of those ways are, are you know, working for you, please give me a call. We'll figure out how, um, how you can help uh, in this season. And I just want to encourage people to be, you know, keep being faithful to God in, uh, in tithes and offerings. So I, last week when we did this, Bob and I sat at a table and we did kind of the, uh, uh, someone described it as the 700 Club. You know, Pat Robertson and Ben Kenchlow. I don't know who I was. I guess I was Ben Kenchlow. Uh, Bob was more leading the study. But so this week, I just said, you know, I just feel like there's a psalm on my heart. And I just felt the best way to communicate it would be to preach it. So forgive me, Brittany. Forgive me. This is not business as usual. I agree. Um, 
but I just felt like this would be the best format to share this. And I've been chewing, I've actually been chewing on this psalm, uh, Psalm 107. If you have a Bible, it would probably help a lot if you could read along. Uh, we're going to look at Psalm 107. And the title is uh, Praise to God, Our Redeemer. And literally, this psalm has been rumbling around in my heart for a couple of years. And I just felt like now is the time to share it. I've never preached uh, a message out of this psalm. But I've, I think it's going to be super, in, I think it'll be encouraging for all of us. It's going to strengthen our, our confidence in God. And uh, it's also, I think, going to give a paradigm of what we believe God wants to do in other people's lives. Not just our lives, but other people's lives. And so it really is a rich, rich psalm. The title of it says, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. Psalm 107. I'll read the first three verses, then we'll pray, and then we'll jump in together. Okay? <clears throat> oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this psalm. And Lord, someone said, and it's true, the psalms are so wonderful because they really cover the whole of the human experience. The highs, the lows, the triumphs, and the trials, and everything in between. And so, Lord, we thank you for this psalm. We thank you, Lord, that it's written to us, to the redeemed, to your people, to the church, and it exhorts us to give thanks, and it exhorts us to praise your name. So, Lord, we want to do that, and uh, we just thank you for you are such a great God, such a great Savior, and, Lord, we just, like I said, we want to just focus our hearts on you afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. So, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me start by saying this. Uh, every child of God has a story has a testimony. Each story is unique, okay? Some people have come to trust Jesus at a very young age, maybe as a child, maybe four or five years old uh, in Sunday school class or from grandpa's, you know, sitting on grandpa's knee. They've heard the gospel. They realized, even at a young age, their personal need for a Savior, and they open their heart to Jesus. And in some ways, now as an adult, they look back and say, you know, I, I almost don't really remember a time then that Jesus wasn't part of my life and my Lord and my Savior. That's a beautiful and a wonderful testimony. Others have grown up maybe in the church, uh, a genuine church. I grew up in a Catholic church where I heard about God, and I definitely was influenced by genuine Christians, but as a young person, and then as a teenager, and then in my early 20s, I, uh, I heard about Christianity, but I, I didn't really respond. And somewhere down the road, later in life, not as a child, but maybe in 20s, 30s, or 40s, somebody opens their heart to Jesus, calls upon his name, and they become a Christian. Uh, that's a beautiful and a wonderful story. Others other people literally have no Christian influence at all, or very little when they're growing up. Their parents 
weren't believers. They didn't take them to church. They were completely uh, an irreligious upbringing. You know, maybe they are from a broken home. Maybe they were part of the foster system. Maybe, you know, they, they had no, or maybe they had a really nice, good childhood, but just there was no Jesus. There was no religious instruction. And then that person eventually, though, hears the gospel, and uh, they respond to the gospel. So again, there's lots of unique stories out there. We all have a unique story. But that said, all of our stories are also incredibly similar. There's a lot of similarities between our stories. And so today, we're going to look at Psalm 107, the song of the redeemed. And this is an exhortation to those to whom God has redeemed. And it, um, it exhorts the redeemed, those whom God has delivered out of sin and death, to praise God for his loving kindness. Okay? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so, uh, we, we read verse 1 through 3. Then the psalmist basically shares four little short stories, all that talk about the redeemed. And they're all unique stories uh, about how God saved people. And there's four of them. And in all four stories, you see the same pattern in all four stories. Each story, the person has a problem. Then the person says a prayer. <laughs> they petition God for help. Then God provides for them. And then at the end of the psalm, they're exhorted to praise him. And so... We're just going to go through these four stories, and I found them to be super inspiring, and I found them to be really encouraging. Again, this is how God works in people's lives. This is how God works in our lives, and this is what he wants to do in other people's lives. They're seen in these four stories of the redeemed, four stories of redemption. Uh, the first one is the wanderer in the desert, verse 4. He says, some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Isn't that a picture of someone who's lost? This person is simply wandering. The problem is they're lost. They're not sure where they're going. And doesn't that describe so many people on planet Earth today? They have no idea. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know the purpose of life. I don't know what, what is significant. What's, what's, what should I be? Where, I don't even know where I'm going. I don't know why I'm here. It certainly describes many human beings in our lost, wandering condition. Verse 6 says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Second part of all these stories is they cry out to God. You know, Brittany was mentioning earlier how in this season of life and in, uh, you know, as a church and as believers and as families, this isn't like business as usual. And um, I was encouraged by this psalm because in every one of these stories, the, the solution was the person cried out to God. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. That is the beginning 
of how a lost, wandering man, notice oh, in verse 5, it says he's hungry, he's thirsty, their soul faints within him. This is the person that just has this yearning emptiness in their life. And they cry out to God and he saves them. Verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. Then let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So first the problem, then the prayer, then the provision. God leads them to, uh, in a straight way. And he brings them to a city to dwell in. And, and that is, you know, represents you and I as lost souls being found by God. And now once, once we open our hearts to Christ, we realize that's the place of safety. That's where we find our life meaning. That's where we find our life purpose. That's where it kind of makes sense. It ends our day of, of wandering through the desert is when God takes us by the hand and saves us after we cry out to him. And the last thing is the exhortation of praise and let them thank the Lord. So that's number one, the wanderer. Okay, the second one, little testimony in this psalm, is a guy who finds himself in, in prison bound with chains. Psalm verse 10, sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. Prisoners in affliction and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Boy, isn't that a picture of uh, us as human beings? Sin is a cruel taskmaster. Sin causes us Instead of it being liberating, saying, I just want to do my own thing, I just want to have fun, sin actually binds us up in chains and in cords. Now notice this guy, he basically finds himself in prison and with no way to get out. He is stuck, he can't break out, he is completely um, um, in, in chains and in bondage. And it says, for they had rebelled against the words of God. Notice this guy is in prison, and it gives the reason. It's because they had rebelled against God's word. Many people find themselves in chains. I I know, I can totally relate to this. As a 20-year-old college kid, early on in my, my fun party days, even though I was doing things that I knew were wrong and destructive, after a while, those things became my, ta- my master. Those things became chains around my life. And that's such an incredible word picture of a sinful condition. But then it says this, verse 13, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. That same exact same verse is four times in this story in this uh, psalm. Every time the person they come to the end of themselves, they come to the end of their rope. This guy's in prison, he can't get out and he cries out to God in this trouble and he delivers them from their distress. Praise God. That's awesome. Then <clears throat> it says this. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Verse 16, For he shattered the doors of bronze, and cut into the bars of iron. 
I remember as a young believer, we used to sing a song, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. The, the Christian life is, the message is not try harder and do better. You and I in our own strength cannot break these chains, but that's exactly what Jesus came to do. Break chains of bondage that we brought on ourselves, by the way. Um, and he and he alone can do that. And then verse 15 says, let them thank the Lord. This verse also is in all four of these little testimonies. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Again, you see the same pattern. Pattern: The problem, the prayer, God's provision, and then it ends with the redeemed praising his name. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That's the second testimony. The third little one in this psalm says this. It says, some were fools, verse 17, through their sinful ways. And because of their iniquities, suffered affliction. Okay, this now is talking about the problem of a foolish man. Now, we need to understand the fool in the Bible is not someone who's just not very smart. The fool is someone who's disregarded God's counsel, is turned away from God's truth, and has become a fool. And, has, and, and the consequences of his actions are he basically is, uh, the picture is of a man on his sickbed. Because of their iniquities, this person suffered affliction, verse 17. They loathed any kind of food. And they drew near to the gates of death. This guy isn't just fighting the common cold. He's sick. Sick unto the point of death. He's so sick, he's even right near the end of his life where he doesn't even want to eat. You know, when you, soon before you actually die, oftentimes for a day or two before you die, you, you, you can't eat food. You don't eat food. It, you can't even stand the taste of it from what I understand. And that's the condition of this guy. He is at death's door on a sickbed. What, again, a picture of you and I apart from the grace of God. This is how we find ourselves. Dead in trespasses and sin. And then the same pattern. A pr first, a problem that this guy cannot get out of. This is a problem of his own making, but he cannot fix his own problem. Verse 19. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. Again, crying out to God. Every Christian has to, at some point along the way, call upon the name of the Lord. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. Verse 20. Then, now this is God's provision. First the problem, then the prayer, then the provision. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them, delivered them from their destruction. The same word that this foolish man at one time spurred the counsel of, said, I don't want, it. I don't want God to tell me how to live my life. And because of those choices, he finds himself eventually on a, total, a, a bed of sickness, ready to die, calls out to God to have mercy on him, and God does. And he then sends his word 
to bring healing to this man. He sends his word to bring restoration to him. I don't know about you, but I, I can relate to that also. As a young man, I didn't want to have anything to do with the Bible. I didn't want to have anything to do with God necessarily telling me how to live my life. I kind of thought I knew best about my life. And guess what? It ended in a place, maybe not a physical sickness, and I wasn't on a physical deathbed, but I could totally relate to the place of being without strength, not being able to heal myself, make myself well. My soul was sick as sick could be. But like the psalmist, I cried out to the Lord in my trouble, and he, and he heard me, and he delivered. And again, the psalm ends, let them praise the Lord for his steadfast love and for his wondrous works to the children of men. <clears throat> the next little story, this is the fourth one. Again, these are stories, testimonies of the redeemed. Stories of the redeemed. In the beginning of the psalm, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The next one is of a merchant sailor in a great storm. Verse 23. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. So what's happening in this, for this person's, this redeemed testimony? He is a, a sailor. Basically, uh, it seems to me like a businessman. Verse 23 says, doing business on the great waters. And in the course of time, kind of doing his own thing, he finds himself in a storm. And it's a storm that is not just a little, a little storm, not just a passing thunderstorm. It's a storm that leaves him completely undone. It says he's at his wit's end. They reel and stagger like drunken men, and we're at their wit's end. This is the person that just is, the storm of this, of this person's life is overwhelming. They don't know how to make it stop. They feel like they are going down for the count. I don't know about you, if, I don't know if you've ever been in a, a genuine storm, in a, in a real storm in a boat, uh, but when I was a teenager, I, it wasn't necessarily a storm, but I had a boating accident, <clears throat> when I was uh, probably 15 years old, and uh, I was water skiing. I wasn't a good water skier, and um, my friend was a good water skier. He would go on one ski, and he'd carve and, and make this big spray, and it was really cool. And I'm like, well, I'd like to do that, but I, I couldn't do that. So I had to do two skis, and so I was up there on two skis, and uh, accidentally I fell on my back, and then he gunned the engine of this motorboat. And so I want you to picture, I'm upside down. Here's my legs. And my head is down in the water. And the, and the rope is going from my legs to the boat. And then he guns it. And so I'm caught on this rope. And, he, and I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper underwater as he's gunning the engine and, and just going fast. And I literally thought I was going to drown. 
I, you know, the old, uh, you've heard it said that when people almost die, they, their life passes before their eyes. Literally, that happened in my life. I remember, like, seeing the newspaper article, Pearl River teenager drowns in boating accident. Literally, that was what I saw. And then all of a sudden, it, it seemed like minutes. It was probably like five seconds. But he took the, you know, took the engine and, and revved it way down. And all of a sudden, bloop, I popped out of the water right next to the boat, which he didn't expect. And so the point I'm making is I do, <laughs> I, I, I can relate to this sense of, of, of impending doom out on the water. And what a picture of, again, you and I, uh, before coming to know Jesus Christ, this is exactly how we are. We're in troubled water, and there's no way out. And then it says again, verse 28, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet. He brought them to their desired haven. So they cry out to God. This guy cries out to God. The Lord hears and delivers. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of men. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So this is just such a beautiful, powerful psalm that talks about our condition, each of us having a problem, each of us coming to the place of the end of ourselves, crying out to God, and God saves the end of the psalm, I'm going to jump to the end. Uh, there's a few verses there that talk about how God basically, he humbles the proud and he, he exalts the humble. Verse 43, the end of the psalm says this. says, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. So let's consider, let's attend to these things that are mentioned in this psalm. So what are some of the takeaways? What is the conclusion? Number one is that our problems in life aren't the real problem. Our problems in life are just those things that reveal the real problem of our life. And that is namely our self-sufficiency, our pride, and the, you know, hey, we can do this thing called life on our own. God, just leave us alone. That's the real problem. And so the problems of life, be it all of these, be it the, uh, the wanderer who's just aimless and lost, be it the guy who is sick in his de- or the, the guy in chains in prison, be it the, the foolish man who's sick on a sickbed, be it the frightened business sailors that are, that are afraid for their life. No matter what the problem is, the problem isn't the real problem, the, but the problem, God can use it to reveal the real issue, and that is our pride and our self-sufficiency. Psalm 119 says this. It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Verse 71 says, It's good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The psalmist's perspective was, you know what? Actually, these problems in my life, these afflictions in my life, Actually, they were good because then they helped me to start looking for help and look, look to God for help. So the next thought here, the takeaways. Problems are not the real problem. Secondly, I want you to note this. 
in this little psalm, there's four testimonies. The first guy who was the, uh, the wanderer and the last one who was the sailor out in the ship, they basically got in trouble, but none, it wasn't their own doing. They didn't do anything wrong to get in that predicament. And so it wasn't that they were rebellious. They were just ignorant. And they, but they realized they came, to an end, they came to an end of themselves, and they realized they needed help. That's a great place to be when we realize we need help. The other two guys, the second and third guy, the chained prisoner and the foolish man, both of them got into trouble because of their own doing. They both, Scripture says, rebelled against God's word. And so some people... Uh, so in some people, it's not that they did anything wrong, they disobeyed God's command. They just realized as a human being, God, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure why I'm here. What is the purpose for life? These storms in my life, I, I don't know how to get out of them. I need your help. The other two guys, the prisoner and the fool, they kind of clearly disobeyed God and brought some of their problems on themselves. But here's the good news. All four of them had the same solution. They all cried out to the Lord, and he heard their prayer, and he answered. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. So whether it's brought on by ourselves or not, it's the same answer. His name's Jesus Christ, and we need to call upon him. So um, that's the second takeaway I have. The third one is this. Third thought I have is this in this, in this uh, psalm. You know, prayer is a beautiful and a wonderful thing. It's a real gift. It's great that uh, we can pray for each other. It's great that you can pray for me in my struggles. It's great that I can pray for you in your struggles. But you know what's even better? Is when someone gets to the point where they themselves cry out to God. I can cry out on your behalf the best I can, and God does hear our prayers of intercession for others, but I think it's far more significant when someone actually themselves call out to God for help. Jesus, save me. So that's really where things happen. (laughs) That's really where uh, lives change. That's really where God gets involved in a wonderful and a spectacular way when people come to the end of themselves. And instead of just being prayed for, I mean, we often, so often pray for people in in our midst and friends and neighbors and all that. But when someone themselves gets to the end of themselves and they cry out to God directly, that is really significant. Uh, another thought here is, is I don't want to skip this, but it's pretty obvious that in all of these stories, God provides for those that call out to him. And we know um, as Christians, the way God provided for us is through the person and through the work of Jesus Christ. You know, all of these stories, the, the wanderer, the chained prisoner, the foolish sick man, the, the frightened 
uh, business sailor, all of them, you can see stories in the Gospels where Jesus relates to people just like this. You know, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus said, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and you know, and basically Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So for those that are wandering and lost, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. For the chained prisoner, Jesus comes and it says in uh, John chapter 8, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus comes to break chains in our life, and only he can break those chains. And that's what Calvary's cross is all about. He died not only to pay for our sin, but he died to break the power of sin in our lives on that cross. The foolish sick man. How many people in the, in the scriptures did Jesus heal? He healed many of them. Jesus said, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And that's a picture that Jesus is the healer. And lastly, the sailor. You know, I, I just remembered the story of the, uh, the disciples out in the storm. And uh, Jesus, they were all fearful. And they thought their life was coming to an end. And Jesus wakes up from sleep. And he speaks to the wind. And he speaks to the storm. Peace, be still. Only Jesus can truly calm every storm in our lives. The last thought I have is from this psalm is that, you know, again, the, the psalm began with the idea of let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Our lives are to be full of praise. Our lives are to be full of thanksgiving. Even in the midst of troubled times, God want, there are still things that we can be thankful I remember uh, years ago, someone said it this way to me. It's always stuck with me. If you're a Christian, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and he's Lord of your life, if everything in your life that could possibly go wrong did go wrong, you still have a lot to be thankful for. You know, that is so, so true. First Peter says this, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own special possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We have the privilege to praise God even in the midst of storm. Why? Because we've been redeemed. Our life, we are not our own. We are in the palm of his hand. We have a sure hope. We can look toward the future as a believer. I don't understand it all. I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. I don't. But Lord, you have my life in your hands. And you know how to take care of that which belongs to you. And so that is one way that we can actually point people to Jesus Christ. I, I am praying in this season of hardship, this season of uncertainty, and it's kind of weird because you can't interact with people the way you'd normally like to, but I am praying that God please use these hardships, that people would do like this psalm, Lord, they would call upon your name. 
when people are in storms, when people are, are in a sick bed of affliction, when people are bound in chains, when people are wandering and completely lost, Lord, would you please help them get to the point where they call upon your name? And may we as believers, A, for ourselves, listen, just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we're going to be self-sufficient. We still have needs because we're human beings, because we're weak, we're frail, we're creatures, we're not the creator. We may not even bring these things on ourselves from sin or rebellion. We're just a human being and we're needy. And it's okay, we need to remember that and call upon his name. My heart in this time is that we corporately, as believers, would be drawing near to God like never before in this time. Like James said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I'm praying that believers, our roots would go deeper. Our roots, we would draw near to God. We would sit at his feet. We would read his word. We would really take it serious. We would pray. We'd intercede. We'd get all sin out of our life. We would, we would let his priorities be our priorities. Let this be a really good purging uh, you know, reflective time to get things really serious with God. And then for those that don't yet know his love, that you and I would be able to point them over and over and over to the Redeemer. Are there storms in your life? Call upon his name. Are you scared? Call upon his name. I don't want to just comfort somebody with a, a little Facebook smiley face. I want to give them the real comfort in his name is Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for today. Lord, these are challenging times, and uh, I, I just thank you for this psalm. I don't know if I said it well, God, but I pray you would just take your word, and you would make it life to your people. God, you would just give us just a fresh confidence as we see through history, Lord, how you have been faithful, God, how you have come through, how you have provided, Lord, you have, uh, there's been a lot of, of uh, you know, epidemics through human history and in, in the past, and God, you have taken care of your people over and over and over again. Lord, help us to remember that, and Lord, help us to point people to you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Lord, you have redeemed our life. You've saved us. It's not because we saved ourselves. We were all in over our head, but God, you saved us. And you filled our life with purpose, with grace, with your love. And God, we thank you for that. And we just pray that you would, you would help us to keep our eyes upon you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. And again, don't go to church. Be the church. Pick up the phone. Check on people. Pray. Let your roots go deeper in the Lord. And uh, God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. Amen.